Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and Happy New Year. Welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area Pastor lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. So as we begin a new year, there are always new challenges. There are also challenges that try to keep us from moving forward. They try to keep us from moving forward and we, as we tend to move backward instead. The way we stay in a forward motion is to every day stay in tune with God and Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Tonight, we will begin a new series in this new year entitled, How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuner. So stay tuned, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and Happy New Year to you and to all of the listening audience out there. We are so blessed to be able to be alive uh, by God's grace to see a new year, and we're so excited about uh, that, as well as excited about this new series that we're going to be do- doing uh, related to how to stay in tune with the Master Tuner. What a title. What a title. Uh, we want to call everybody's attention to uh, a scripture in the Bible to keep things off. Uh, a scripture in the Bible in the Old Testament, it's Psalms uh, chapter, or Psalms 32, rather, Psalms 32. Uh, and uh, I want to share with you verse 7 of Psalms 32. Again, Psalms 32 and verse 7. Uh, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. I love that verse of scripture because it talks about songs of deliverance. You ever thought about that? There's such a thing as songs of deliverance. And a lot of times when you just get into a spirit of singing and praising the Lord, you can just get the spirit of God coming upon you and just giving you that spirit of deliverance. And the reason why I'm building on this uh, verse of scripture is because it relates to uh, the title of my message, How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuner. 
Now, let me say this by way of introduction. We want to encourage you to get your pens and your paper and your Bibles and uh, get to a table and take some notes and be blessed. I have this question I want to ask you. Do you like to listen to music? Most of us like to listen to music and different types of music. When singers sing the right notes and stay in tune, notice the word tune, it is a very beautiful sound to listen to. But when singers does not sing the right notes and his and her voice does not blend with the others, and it doesn't sound very good because they are not in tune with each other. Oh, I'm messing with this word tune. All the singers have to follow the notes assigned to them in music and sing in tune for the music to sound good uh, the way it needs to be sounded. Now, an example of this is that uh, uh, I went to see the Johnny Mathis uh, concert, Christmas uh, concert, and Gary was able to go there with his wife and my wife, and we really enjoyed that concert. And before Johnny Mathis came on to sing some of the Christmas songs, uh, the orchestra came out first, and they performed about 15, 20 minutes. And they sounded so beautiful because they were in uh, tune with one another, and they were in complete harmony with the conductor. Now listen to this. When we don't follow the great conductor, who is God, his ways for our lives, we get out of tune. Notice the word, out of tune, out of harmony, with God, our conductor, Jesus, and with others. It doesn't sound good or feel good to anyone. We start to hear words and sounds of Satan, the flesh, the world. We start to hear words and sounds of pride and arrogance and selfishness and self-centeredness and unhappiness. But... If we follow God's tune, the master tuner, and if we follow God's ways in harmony with his spirit, with his word, we will be like singers who follow their notes or an orchestra who follow their notes. Our lives for the next new year, this new year, will be much more happier, and we will find ourselves surrounded by beautiful music from God coming from above. How blessed and encouraging is that? As the new year begins, ask God to help you tune up with Jesus. Tune up with Jesus. Being tuned with the master tuner. Every day, we tune up through his word. You know, just like a car needs a tune-up. We need to be tuned up in his word. Tune up in the spirit. Tune up in prayer. Tune up in the Word of God so we can bring and experience God's grace, God's peace and harmony and joy, not only with God, but peace and harmony and joy and grace with others. But in order for us to do that, this is what I want to say by way of a body of this message. We must do several things first and discover what it is making you out of tune with the master tuner. You know, you got to get into the negative in order to get into the positive. 
and both will benefit you just like a battery. It has the negative and the positives. And so I'm going to address uh, something in terms of what is it that's uh, got us out of tune with a master tuna. Now, I want to use this by way of illustration uh, in bringing this home zone. We all have trash in our homes that we have to constantly get rid of. A lot of you say, amen to that, Dr. Buckner. And trash can fill up and build up quickly in our homes. Trash can also smell up, stink, stink, and get stinky. That's the way it can be. Uh, nobody in their right mind like to be around nasty smelling trash and trash that smells. When trash fills up, starts to smell, we throw it out quickly and we put a new good smelling bag in the trash can. Now let me transfer the physical trash to the spiritual trash. We have a lot of trash in our lives from our childhood, teenage years, adult years, and and even now, this year, starting a new year. And we need to get rid of this trash out of our lives and empty this trash out of our lives, this messy, smelling stuff out of our lives in order to be effective for God. That's why the White Lama Moody in his book, Secret Powers, says many of God's people are praying for God to fill them when they're already filled with something else. He says there has to be an emptying before there can be a filling. And then God's spirit will come upon us like the Shekinah glory in the Old Testament and fill every corner of our lives. There has to be an emptying before there can be a filling. We need to get rid of the dirt of sin in our life and let Jesus wash us in his blood and cleanse us from all sins. Watch out for the trash of others jumping on you too, making you dirty, nasty, and messy. Spiritual trash can get you in the, send you in the wrong way, get you away from your prayer life, your Bible life, the study of God's word and witnessing. So you need to dethrone self and enthrone the Holy Spirit. You got to be like John the Baptist who said, he, he must increase and I must decrease. Satan is a masterful person in getting you out of tune with God, the master tuner. That's what he tried to do with Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke 4. All the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them I'll give you if you fall down and worship me. He tried to get Jesus out of tune, out of lock, and synchronization with God. But Jesus didn't allow that to happen, and you too must not allow that to happen. This year and any day, here is a simple solution to the trash in your life and growing, growing, and getting this trash out of your life. Turn to the trash man. The trash man is Jesus. Jesus can trash, and he has trashed. Oh, this is a good word. Jesus has trashed all your sins to the cross, and he's forgiven you. 
of all your trashy sins. Jesus, like the trash man, takes all your trash away, dumps it, smashes it, destroys it, so you'll never have to deal with it again. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28, 29, bring all your burdens and, you know, yoke to him. That means another word for English for us, all the trash. Come to me, all you that labor and heavy laden, all the trash you have, bring it to Jesus because he's nailed it, my friend, to the cross. He's nailed all your trash, my trash, all your trash to the cross. Like the old song, bring your burdens to the cross and leave it there. Bring your trash to the cross and leave it there. Take your trash, your burdens, your guilt, your shame, and lay it at the foot of Jesus. And then Jude 24 and 25 says, he will not only give you joy, but exceeding joy. And Jesus every day will keep the trash out of your life if you stay in tune with the master tuner. You know, back to this scripture that I gave you earlier, you know, Psalms 32 and verse 7. He has given you a song of deliverance. Only if you stay in tune with the master tuna. Oh, what a parallel. A song of deliverance. You want to be delivered this year and every day? Stay in tune with the master tuna. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, somebody listening to this message has gotten out of tune with you. And Lord, we ask that you would forgive them of their sins. And we ask that you they will repent of their sins right now and accept you as Savior and Lord of their life. Help them to get an alignment, to get a tune, tune up with Jesus. We ask these things in our Heavenly Father's name through Christ. And he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding the master tuner brother gary well all right it's time for us to take that commercial break we'll be right back with more of contending for the faith listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. And once again, Happy New Year. We are in a brand new year, and we know that God is going to be doing a brand new work. And we're so excited that you're here tonight with us. And we just want to encourage you, as we've been talking about staying in tune, we want you to stay in tune with your prayers we want you to stay in tune by sending those prayers up uh, for contending for the faith. This is a prayer-driven ministry, and we need those prayers going up, and we need those prayers going up in tune with God's will. And we just thank all of you who have, over these many years, continuously prayed for this ministry. It's so vital, it's so important, and we just can't thank you enough. In addition to that, we want you to stay in tune with your giving. This is a very important part 
of the song, shall we say. This is a very important part of staying in harmony and keeping everything moving forward that in the right beat, at the right tempo, as we continue in this analogy of tune and music, um, we need your help. We need you to uh, continuously pray as well as consistently give. There's two ways that you can donate to Contending for the Faith. One, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. <clears throat> P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. So, Lord, we just thank you for the many, many devoted uh, prayers, warriors that we have and the we thank you for the consistent givers that partner with us, Lord. Bless them as they give. Bless them as they move forward in this brand new year. We can't thank you enough, Lord, for um, the faithfulness of this listening audience. All right, Dr. Buckner, are you ready for the calls? Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, we have Brother Rick on line one. Brother Rick, how you doing? Happy New Year to both of you. Well, happy new year to you as well. Right back at you. Yeah, what's on your heart tonight? Got a question for you. I think you'll find very interesting. Uh, From Romans 9 to Romans 11, Paul talks about the relationship we have between Jews and Gentiles to the church. What is the main point he's trying to get across? Well, that's a very good question because uh, Romans chapter 9, chapters 9 through 11, has been uh, misinterpreted by many, uh, not only some outside the church, but some inside the church. And uh, I'll start off with the dispensationalist movement because uh, they misinterpret uh Romans chapter 9, uh, chapters 9 through 11, and their emphasis, and this is the mistake that a lot of people make, and this is something that I, I would encourage people to take notes on this, because this will help to bring uh, biblical clarification of what where Paul is going with this, uh, because that's a tremendous question, uh, and I've studied this pretty thoroughly, um, that the dispensationalist movement that started in the mid-1800s. They misinterpret this by saying God will save uh, people by the promise uh, in in terms of the Jews by ethnicity. So they emphasize that. And then they emphasize that uh, the Gentiles by uh, election. So they, what they're doing is separating the uh, Jews from the uh, Gentiles. And they do that even with the second coming of Christ, you know, that the church, they believe that the church will be raptured and that the Jews will be left here to be butchered by the Antichrist. So uh, we don't hold to that view neither because there's either Jew, Greek, bond, or free. We're all one. Paul talks about that in the book of Galatians. Now, 
so they emphasize ethnicity, uh, the promise of God to the Jews, this uh, ethnicity, they will be saved based upon ethnicity. But what Paul is uh, arguing and bringing out, and this is a really important point, is that no one is saved, whether it's Jew or Gentile. This is Paul's argument from Romans chapters 9 through 11. And I hope people will write this down because it'll help you better understand where Paul is coming from. Uh, he's arguing that everyone, whether they are a, a Jew or a Gentile, is saved based upon uh, faithfulness to the covenant remnant of God. And that's why uh, many uh, throughout uh, these chapters here, you've got uh, Paul talking about uh, in, uh, you know, Romans 9 and in verse uh, 27, a remnant shall be saved. He talks about that uh, there. Uh, and uh, he mentions it in various other places, uh, the word remnant, uh, when you get to chapters 11, uh, he mentions the word a remnant again uh, there too. So we see in covenant. So uh, Paul is, is arguing that uh, it's about uh, one trusting in God and that God is not looking at race. He's looking at grace. He's looking at one's faith and trust in Jesus Christ because uh, you have the word again. Uh, what is it? Romans 11 and verse uh, 5. Even so then at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of God. And Paul is really including himself in that, even though he uh, was a Jew himself. Now, when you do a, a, a thorough study of this, the uh, olive tree represents the Jew and the branches uh, that he talks about in uh, Romans 11 and uh, verses 18 and and then he talks about in 19, uh, thou will say then the branches were bro uh, broken off and that I might be grafted in, that I might be grafted in. So, so the branches represents, the branches in the context represents Jew as well as Gentile who believe in Jesus Christ and they become part of the faithful remnant. That's why I'm building on the word remnant in the context here, because uh, as a uh, theologian and as a professor, I've taught on this, and uh, that's why it, it's, I remember it so well, because I've taught classes on it. And so, uh, but when people read this, they miss a lot of these points here, because Paul is saying, because the Jews, uh, uh, the olive tree, uh, had an opportunity to accept Jesus um, as Lord in their life. And because they rejected accepting the Messiah, that what God did was he simply uh, literally uh, had broken them off, and then he's dra grafted in uh, the uh, Gentiles and the Jews like Paul, who became believers. And now Paul's argument is that everybody saved today, not based upon ethnicity, because a lot of people think 
oh, because I was born a Jew, I'm going to be saved. Or I was born uh, a Hebrew Israelite. I was born, uh, you know, a Catholic. I was born a Baptist, a Methodist, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm going to have a right to the tree of life. No, you have a right to the tree of life when you repent of your sins and, and confess your sins and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and follow him as king and submit to him as king and you live in obedience to him as king. That's why Jesus said many will say, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name, cast out demons and perform many wonders as I will profess to them? I never knew you because they're not willing to really follow Jesus as king. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's really interesting. I bet you about 90%, between 95 to 90% of people in churches are not following Jesus as king and submitting to him. That's why Paul narrows it down to a remnant. And that's why uh, Jesus said, broad is that gate that leads to destruction and narrow is the way. And many are called, but few are chosen. This is a serious situation. And whoever's listening to me right now, if you haven't come to confession and repentance and accepted Jesus as Lord of your life and bearing fruit under that, you have to question your own salvation. It doesn't mean that we are perfect because we all make mistakes. But, you know, you you feel a sense of conviction over the mistakes you make because you're committed to him as Lord, as king, as ruler, as owner of your entire life. Every aspect, even his money. You say, it's my money. No, it's not your money. You didn't create it. You didn't make it. God made it. And you wouldn't even be able to uh, work if he didn't give you the breath of life. You know, Kathleen Griffin one time, Frank's wife, you know, said, you know, she said one time that a person every day when she gets up, when there is a pulse, she realized there's a purpose. The first P, pulse, there's a purpose. And uh, Frank Gifford, his wife, Kathy Lee Griffin. Oh, you know, when every morning when I get up, when I see a pulse, I thank God because I have a purpose. But in a nutshell, this is what Paul is saying regarding Romans chapter 9 through 11. I would encourage everybody to read that and go over thoroughly, but it's a lot of people in religion that is going to hell because they think that their religion, they think that their ethnicity, they think that their race, they think that their churchianity is going to get a man. Paul is saying, no, that's not what it's all about. You're grafted in as a branch based upon trust in Christ, faithfulness, and then you move out of the old covenant to a new covenant, and then you're put into a faithful remnant. And that's what Paul is arguing with Romans chapter 9 through 11. He's arguing not ethnicity, not race, but it's all about faithfulness under the covenant, and you become a part of that branch, and that branch that he's missing is, is Jews and Gentiles grafted in because of trust in Jesus Christ. And I want to challenge everybody hearing this, you better let your family know that 
because a lot of them think, oh, I'm getting in. I'm just got a right ticket to God, to heaven, because of my race. Don't you let Satan lie to you that way. That's why Jesus told those uh, hounds of hell in John 8, you know, your father is Satan, because they thought, oh, you know, we're Jews. We're, we've got a right to the, to the tree of life. Jesus said, no, your father is Satan. You think your father's Abraham? I'm going to rebuke you on that. Your father is Satan. And that's why they got so angry they want to kill him, along with him saying he was God. I am the, before Abraham was, I am, echoing me, quoted from Exodus 3 and 14. So hopefully that helps out, Rick. Uh, you want to give some input back to what I said, and then we'll have some prayer for you. Amen. Just to continue to pray for my health, I'm getting, I'm getting stronger. And uh, just to continue to pray that I just keep pushing forward. Go forward, and that's what I'm really looking for. Let go of the things that are behind me and press forward to the high calling of Jesus. Amen, brother. That's a good prayer request. You know, have mm-hmm. Lead us in prayer on that. So, Lord, we just thank you for the Rick. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless him, strengthen him, and encourage him, Lord God. Help him to keep truly moving forward and, and renew his his strength, renew his vigor, give him a new purpose in a new year. And Lord God, use him to your glory. Help him to continue to stay encouraged and recognize that you're with him, that you strengthen him, and that, Lord God, you're the one that keeps him going forward. We praise you, we thank you, and we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Brett. God bless you, my brother. Take care. All right. You do the same. All right, Brother Gary. All right. Well, we got about two minutes before the break. And uh, we had a second caller, Megan, who wants to take the answer off the air. Her question is, how do you accept God's forgiveness and learn to forgive yourself? Wow. That is a very good question. And it's also a question that a lot of uh, believers in the body of Christ uh, struggle with. They have a hard time with that uh, question right there. And so what Megan is saying, Brother Gary, uh, a lot of people in the body of Christ struggles with that same issue. And what we're gonna do to give justice to it since we just have her as the, uh, I believe the only uh, second caller. So we'll, uh, entertain that when we come back from the commercial break so we can do a a thorough thing and i'll have you to add some stuff to that too gary if you like okay well it's time for us to take that commercial break our phone lines are open we'll be right back more of contending for the faith You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Uh, My name is Gary Bell. And once again, we want to thank all of you who have been consistent with your prayers for this ministry. 
And we want to encourage you that as we move into 2023, that you would bless us with continued prayer, new prayers, fresh prayers for a brand new year. We want to encourage you to pray for this ministry. Pray that God would continue to use it to bless the listening audience in the Bay Area and the world at large, because not only is it broadcast through KFAX, but it's also um, being streamed on the website uh, simultaneously. So anybody on the planet, all they have to do is go to kfax.com and uh, just look at the top of the pages at 7 o'clock on Saturday night, and they can tune in from their computer. So this broadcast literally goes beyond um, the uh, Bay Area at large. And we never know who is listening to this broadcast. We never know how God is going to use it. And so we want to encourage you, pray that God uses this broadcast to reach out and touch lives for time and eternity. Pray that God uses this broadcast to give reasons and answers for faith, to set captives free, to get people saved. That's why we're here, to partner with the Lord, to see people coming unto uh, repentance and come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they would be in heaven one day with us all. And so we want to encourage you, continue to pray for contending for the faith and continue to give as well, because this is a listener-supported ministry, and we need that. We need your support. Dr. Buckner and I, uh, we don't take salary for this ministry. We've been doing it for 20 years now. And, um, you know, it's all gone back into everything that comes in, goes right back into paying for airtime. So it's really critical that you continue to pray and that you continue to give. There's, there's two ways that you can give. You can address a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, <clears throat> Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much simpler. You can just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. And it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We, wish, we just want to encourage you. Uh, keep praying, keep giving. It makes a difference in the lives of so many people. All right, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to get back into the game here? Yes, let's do that. Thank you so much for the encouraging and challenging words. And we know that uh, people out there are listening and being blessed and encouraged to uh, definitely be faithful to uh, what uh, the Lord would have us to do to continue to do this tremendous ministry for him. Uh, so we're going to get to uh, Megan's question. And what I'm going to do is uh, something a little bit different and have you to uh, first of all, uh, respond to that question, and then I will, after you, I'll just add some pieces to it. Okay. <clears throat> well, you know, Megan, you're not alone. Uh, there are many people who have trouble uh, with God's forgiveness and also learning how to forgive themselves. You know, we are, as as human beings, often we're raised with, with uh, conditional love. And what I mean by that is if you 
get good grades, you get good attention, you get you get praised, right? If you do this right, I'm gonna appreciate you more. You know, if you do this wrong, often we feel like, oh wow, you know, I've blown it, and now I'm in the bad uh, graces. I'm in the I'm, I'm in the doghouse. You know, we we often feel that um, if we don't do everything excellently, if we don't do everything perfectly, we can never be, we can never get forgiveness. We can never um, be accepted. And that's not how God operates. God's love is unconditional. And he has sent his son. That's how much love he has for us, that he sent his only begotten son, that he would die on the cross and perish so that we could have eternal life. I mean, there's there's so much there that it's such a powerful illustration of God's love and his forgiveness. And we have to uh, understand that God isn't worried about conditional love. He is love. Matter of fact, the scripture in Romans 1 says that Romans 8 and 1 talks about there is now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. We have to learn to get past this uh, idea of conditional forgiveness. Um, There's nothing that we've done that God won't forgive. And uh, we just have to really press into God's love, recognize that his love is unconditional, recognize that he loves us in such a way that it's often beyond our comprehension, but it's not something that we can't apprehend. God wants to let you know how much he loves you and that there's uh, hope and that there's joy and that there's peace with him. And uh, he's he's taken all of our sins and nailed them to the cross. You talked about this earlier, that God has taken all of our our trash and, and, and done away with it, put it, nailed it to the cross. And so we don't have to let the enemy give us uh, a guilt complex about it anymore because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to remind us of our past or remind us and tell us lies that God won't forgive this and God doesn't love you. It's all lies because he does. So that's what I, what I have to say about it, doc. Amen. What a, what an excellent answer, uh, brother Gary. I really appreciate that. Uh, that was the crudegus, the spiritual shot in the skull that you gave there. And I'm sure that Megan is going to be blessed and encouraged by all that you said. And a lot of things you said is along the line of what I was, uh, some of the things I was going to say too. I just want to add a few additional things. <clears throat> um, you know, as Brother Gary said, you know, Romans 8 and 1, there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ. You know, so Jesus at the cross uh, paid the price, the penalty for not only your sins, but he nailed your sins to the cross. He nailed your guilt, your shame, and uh, all the other things to the cross. Uh, and so what we do and when we get to the place of how do we accept God's forgiveness, you know, it's in a simple word of trust. We got to trust and obey, but there's no other way. We just got to trust what Jesus did. Uh, it's done, it's settled. And he said, 
to Telestai is finished. So he completed the uh, God's plan of salvation on the cross, and that was not only his love for you, but his forgiveness. So when we doubt what, you know, I, I mentioned the word trust, and when we doubt what Jesus has already done, then what we're doing is it, it becomes a sin because we trying to take him off the cross and he already did what we all needed. It's been completed, finished in Christ. So where we come in here is in a simple word, one word, trust. What he said he was going to do, he did it. Now, Gary said a lot, and I don't want to add too much to that because he really gave you some good stuff. But I do want to add another thing, piece to this, that I think there's a lot of confusion on. And when I say this, uh, it's going to be a shock to a lot of people. And it's going to be a shock to a lot of church folks and a lot of uh, ministers as well, because we hear it in the pulpit. We hear people always saying, you got to learn to forgive yourself. Uh, why? Why do we have to learn to forgive ourselves? Um uh, we don't have to learn to forgive ourselves because he's already forgiven us. What we need to do is get to the point in our life that we simply say, God, you have me and that's enough because there is power and strength in that. The, the word forgive yourself is not a, is not, is nowhere in the Bible. Where does that say that in the Bible? See, where where is one place in the Bible where it says, "Forgive yourself"? It, it always talks about First John one and nine. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans ten nine and ten. You know, talks about confessing of sins, and then He will forgive. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be forgiven. So so this idea of learning to forgive yourself is has not come out of the Bible. It's come out of uh, psychology and sociology because a lot of that in the secular world of psychology and, and sociology uh, and teaches people get to the point where you forgive yourself. And a lot of times when the psychologists and sociologists are telling you that God is not in the picture at all is they're basically counseling people and saying, honey, you got to forgive yourself. And that's sort of thing. But literally, how do you find strength in God's forgiveness? The issue is God's forgiveness, not our forgiveness. We are to, the Bible does teach that we are to forgive uh, others. We are to forgive others. But when it comes to forgiving ourselves, we're not righteous. We're not uh, sinless. We're sinners. We're wretched before God. We can't, we can't literally forgive ourselves. But we can, we can as it says in 1 John 5 and 6, 16, 14, rather, 1 John 5 and 14, we have this confidence that we ask anything according to his will. He hear that. So God gives us the confidence, the power, 
the strength, the sufficient grace, uh, the empowerment by spirit to know that his forgiveness covers it all. And when a person doesn't forgive themselves or having struggles with that, then they're lacking really trusting God's forgiveness because God's forgiveness covers it all. So I know that that's a shock to a lot of people hearing that. And it's a new thing for a lot of people hearing it, but it's reality. You know, the Bible doesn't teach anywhere in the Bible for us to forgive ourselves. Why? Why? Because I mean, God has, God has done it all. God has forgiven us. So there's power in that. There's power in that because when, when God forgives you, what does he give you? He gives you grace. He gives you peace. He gives you assurance. He gives you confidence. And when you experience all of that, the last thing on your mind is, should I forgive myself? We are bombarded by, by that uh, that philosophy because the secular world has embedded that in our in our psychic, you know, the the psychological world, the sociological world. Forgive yourself. You know, you hear that with the even with the woke world. That's the emphasis of the world around us. You got to forgive yourself in order for you to have power to do anything else. No, that's a lie of the enemy. You find the assurance, the, the grace, the power, the strength, the sufficient grace of God that empowers you to do the impossible. And that including, you know, this this thing. So when we get into the word and we get into prayer and we get into being filled with God's spirit, because the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So when we experience all of that, we we're we're good. We're we're good as brand new to, to move forward. And we don't need any secular humanistic philosophy to be added to that. So that's what I just want to add to that, Brother Gary. Mm-hmm. In, in Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get any better. I mean, God loved us in our worst, our worst shape, yeah. our worst condition. Well, I hear the theme music. Uh-oh, we've mm-hmm. come to the, it's, it's that time already. Wow. Well, the first show of the brand new year. We've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And uh, we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer. And uh, you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.